Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. The Lord has given me a word for this house. The title is The Power of a Carefree Mind. The Power of a Carefree Mind. We're going to be reading in the book of Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to go through verses 4 through 7. So many people have lost their mind. So many Christians are double-minded. So many people have, 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 have stinking thinking. And God has called me to give you a word of encouragement, a word that's going to set you free today. But we need a renewing of our mind. We are in the world, but we are not of this world. Amen? God has called us to be separate. We are the normal ones in an abnormal world, in an abnormal environment. We are the salt and the light. We are the preservative on earth. Philippians chapter 4. We're starting at verse number 4. And the word of the Lord says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice! Let your gentleness be known to all men, for the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Saints, you may take your seats this morning. I'm going to start this message with a little bit of an illustration. There's an actor by the name of Charles S. Dutton, who was the lead character in the TV show Rock. Many are not aware that before Dutton became a well-known actor, he was a prisoner. One day, he was interviewed by a reporter that asked him, why did he ever not become a repeat offender? Typically, statistics show that many prisoners who spend time in prison behind bars, when they get released, they eventually reoffend or recommit crimes, landing them right back in prison. The percentages are super high. His response to her question was very unusual, but very informative. He said, and I want you to pay attention to his answer. He says, unlike other prisoners, I never decorated myself. In other words, I never made prison my home. Many of us 
are not only in a prison or in a prison mindset, but we have chosen to decorate the prison cell because we've decided this is the new norm. This is our new home. We might as well adjust. We might as well make it pretty. We have decorated our mask. We have decorated other people's mask. We gift each other decorated mask. I'm not trying to knock people down. Please stay with me. Don't let the spirit of, of, of God be lost with offense. Don't, don't start manifesting. Take it down. Hallelujah. Stay with me. We have decided there's no way out. I might as well make the best of it. I might as well get comfortable. I may as well fall in line because this is what they're telling me it's going to be. For the next several months, I guess this is it. It doesn't look like things are getting better. I, I think it's too far gone now. It may never be the same again. I've heard the reports. I've seen the financial woes. I, I, I see everything that's going on. I might as well make the best of it. I guess I will just have to succumb to living a defeated Christian life. It seems to me that is the response that I'm getting from many in the Christian community. People are fearful. People are completely perplexed at all that is going on. And I wonder, don't you know who you are in Christ Jesus? Don't you know what God's word says? The Bible tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in all that he does. And he should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Our Lord wants us to trust him no matter what is going on on the outside. We must believe and not doubt. Let me just tell you something, and I want you to look at the pattern here. Doubting will cause worry. Worry leads to fear. Fear leads to hopelessness, and hopelessness leads to a defeated Christian life. So many Christians right now are living a defeated life. So many people are getting knocked out by the invisible virus that has suddenly come upon our land. The, the, the virus comes in wearing a crown like Jesus came in in Jerusalem on, on Passover. And this thing comes into our nation and says, I'm here, I'm taking over. And it's like a knockout punch. We have crumbled as a nation with a percentage of success at, at this virus, which is like 99.7 success rate. And we've crumbled. This pandemic that we now have has caused so many Christians to live in fear, to live in dread, to walk with anxiety. We're afraid to be in community with each other. We're afraid to greet each other. We're afraid to trust one another. We avoid each other. We, we go to the supermarket and you're walking down the aisle even when they mandate the mask and you have to wear a mask. People are walking out of your way. Oh, you want the, the can of corn? Let me get out of your way. And we have now social distanced ourselves so much that we don't even want to stand next to each other. 
We treat each other like we all have the cooties. Every one of us. It's so sad. I, I go to people sometimes in the street and I go to hug them and they're like, oh, don't touch me. Okay, we'll do the chicken wing, whatever. It's all good. Fist bumps. I've seen a video this week. It broke my heart. There was a mother in New York City with a, with a small child, and she was arrested. She was thrown down like she was a criminal, thrown down on the floor and handcuffed, and her daughter was there, about four or five-year-old little girl. She didn't know what was happening, and her daughter was crying, and the police held the daughter, and they threw this mother down. Do you know why she got arrested? Because her mask didn't cover her nose. She wore it below the nose. And she's saying, but wait a minute. I'm supposed to protect my mouth from droplets. It has nothing to do with my nose. And she started arguing. They took her and threw her on the floor like a criminal and arrested her and put handcuffs on her because she wasn't wearing a full mask. Her face wasn't covered. What have we come to in this country? This is in New York City. It's disgraceful. It's draconian. It's unbelievable. Let me give you an illustration. There's a man who was excessively worried about dying of cancer. With all the news reports, it seems like every night there was a new form of cancer on the TV screen. He was terrified that he might die of cancer. He spent the next 32 years of his life worrying that he was going to die of cancer. And then after 32 years, he died of a heart attack. Now, should we be worried about our health or concerned? Yes. Yes. Should we do our best to be as healthy as possible? Yes. But after all that you have done, don't worry any longer. It makes us no better to worry. Worry doesn't add a single minute to your life, nor does it take a minute away. You can't add a single inch to your height, your stature. You can't even miracle an inch off of your waist. Worry can't do anything for you. Worry doesn't promote success or health. As a matter of fact, worry is actually an insult to God. We heard a prophetic word just moments ago. Oh, you of little faith. When people have exhibited a lack of trust in the word of God, wasn't it Jesus that always said, Oh, you of little faith. Why couldn't you just believe? All things are possible to them that believe. Nothing is impossible with God. Worry is actually a substitute for prayer. When you are worrying all the time, I need to question how much time are you spending in prayer. Now, I understand, because I know I can already feel it. Hallelujah. People are manifesting. Hallelujah. I understand that there are people that have been affected. But I can probably guarantee you that those that have been affected are people with pre-existing conditions already. And the vast majority of those that have died from this virus are over 81 or 83 years old. Most of them that have been affected severely by this virus. And even one death is not good. So I, I get it. It's true. I especially understand it. But I also understand that there are some facts that we are not getting. 
we're we're told that certain things are true but they're actually a lie and and all the little facts that we're getting are not true the numbers are inflated the numbers the agendas are already underway Never before in our nation have we quarantined healthy people. Have we locked up people because they're not wearing a mask? There really is no need for martial law because the whole world has collapsed and closed down like obedient little sheep over an invisible virus. Now let me just tell you something, okay? Because I want to connect the dots. I think it's important to connect the dots. Because I'm going to say something that's really true, but people start manifesting because it's political. All right? So buckle in. Hallelujah. We're going in. I ain't scared of nobody today. Amen? But isn't it funny that the deaths of COVID-19 viruses are higher in the left states, in the Democratic states, than they are in the Republican states? Mm. Amazing. I didn't know that COVID-19 is discriminating against politics and, and be belief system. Unbelievable. Can I tell you the truth in this place? And I have to bring facts because people are going to start fact checking me. I want you to fact check me. The total deaths as of this morning, because I did the math. The total deaths in the United States of America that are attributed to coronavirus are 89,420 deaths. I want you to hear this next stat because it's staggering. And these are just the top 10 blue and red states. The top 10 states with the highest numbers, right? The Democratic states have 62,637 COVID-19 deaths. The Republican states total have 3,293 deaths. Isn't it something? Man, we should be afraid because we live in a liberal state. Ooh. Isn't it true? I mean, I mean, if we open our eyes, right, connect the dots. This has nothing to do with political. I'm just trying to open your eyes to the facts. And so this way you could verify my numbers. New York State, 27,953. New Jersey, 10,249. Illinois, 4,149. Massachusetts, 5,705. Uh, California, 3,254. Pennsylvania, 4,490. Michigan, 4,880. Maryland, 1,957, and here are the two Republican red states. Texas, 1,330. Florida, it's bigger than New York, probably as big as California. They have 1,963 deaths. But let me tell you, with these facts, I want to say something else. For the first time in my life, I have now seen Republicans and Democrats protesting hand in hand mano a mano in the capital because it has nothing to do with our belief system but it has everything to do with the facts and people's freedoms are being taken away and i'm seeing democrats and republicans for the first time laying aside their political differences and coming together as a people because what is happening is they're trying to take away our freedom 
And even Democrats and Republicans can share in the fact that we don't want our freedoms taken away. We have decided that we would rather trust science over the word of God. With Psalm 91, we've preached sermons in this church. So many people have talked about it. It's a word that comforts us for today. It's a word that we could gain strength from. But we'd rather listen to the word of scientists who have been proven false over and over. Do you know that there are video reports of Dr. Fauci saying, we don't wear a mask, we shouldn't wear a mask. It's actually harmful to wear a mask. And three weeks later, everybody should wear a mask. And then two weeks later, oh, we shouldn't be wearing masks. And the guy doesn't even know if he's coming or going. But yet, he gets to make the rule come on man get it together hallelujah the bible says rejoice in the lord always again i will say rejoice paul the apostle he knew that he couldn't control what was happening on the outside but he knew who was working inside his life hallelujah he knows the god that he was abiding in I read an illustration, I'll, I'll go briefly, I read an illustration of Dr. Tony Evans, a preacher, him and his wife Lois Evans, they were in New York City uh, back in 2003, and they were in the airport, in LaGuardia Airport, ready to fly back to Texas, and all of a sudden, boom, the computers goes out, the lights go out, it was that 2003, that big a blackout that we had, the grid, remember the grid in, in Canada and all that? It affected uh, almost the whole East Coast. Everything went down. And they were like rushing to try to find a room. There was nowhere to go. And they were going to be stuck. All the computers shut down. The planes weren't flying. It was a, a big mess. No air condition. Everything was off. So guess what happens? They, they call their daughters, they call their sons, please, we need help, we got to find a, a hotel. Later on, the, one of the daughters uh, found uh, the Crown Royale Plaza in New York City. They booked a, a room there, one of the only rooms left, they got it, and when they got to the hotel, it was dark, it was hot, there was no air conditioning, it was very uncomfortable, but they looked outside the window, and right across the street, there was a Marriott Hotel, all lit up, the only place that was lit up, and inside, they were just having a great old time the dr evans said he literally walked out of the hotel he walked across the street and walked inside the air conditioning were on people were eating they were drinking they were having a good old time they were celebrating the music was on tvs were on all the reports and he went to the to the guy behind the desk he says why is it that you guys weren't affected he says you know why because when this hotel was built we purchase gas-powered generators so that whatever's happening on the outside doesn't affect what's on the inside of this hotel. And we have to understand that what's going on on the outside is not supposed to affect what's going on on the inside. We got a power from on high, a Holy Ghost power. We got the word of God, the living word of truth. And we got to get our mind right. We got to get our heart right. We got to know in what we're planted on. We're being so affected from outside agendas and we're forgetting about who is our king. Who do we serve? What does God say about you? This is why Paul said, rejoice in all seasons. When he wrote these words, he was flogged almost halfway to death. Him and Silas were thrown in prison and they decided to have a praise and worship service. 
The praise and the worship brought an angel and it also brought an earthquake. The jailer that was supposed to watch them, and instead of uh, uh, falling on his sword, which was his first impulse, the kindness, the gentleness of Paul and Silas said, listen, don't hurt yourself. We haven't left anywhere. They were very gentle. They were very kind. They said, listen, sit with us. We're just worshiping our God. We're not done worshiping yet. We haven't finished. Not only that, that gentleness, that kindness, that fruit of the Spirit won not only the jailer over to the Lord, but his whole family was saved, his entire household. Church, we cannot pretend to be unaware of what's going on outside. Let us just be honest with ourselves. We have to obey the rules. We have to submit to authority. But at the same time, be aware of what is going on outside. Connect the dots. Search out the facts for yourself. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with others. Walk in truth and walk in love. When you don't see somebody uh, thinking the same way you do, just talk to them in the spirit of God. Love up on them, but let them know the truth. Be honest. Let me give you another illustration. There's a girl that got a tattoo on her back of a Japanese symbol. That's the exact symbol she used. Her mom's very best friend noticed the tattoo and approached the girl and said, What is this that you got on your back? The girl looks at her and says, Please, please, don't tell mommy about this tattoo. She has no idea that I've got it. And if she did, if she found out, she'd be furious with me. So reluctantly, the mother's friend agrees and says, you know what? I promise I won't tell your mother. But she says out of curiosity, but what does that tattoo mean? The girl replies, it means honesty. Let it sink in. Hallelujah. The cares of this life can make us completely powerless. When we focus on all the stuff that is around us, it'll weaken our faith. It'll stunt our spiritual growth, our spiritual maturity. We've known, we've quoted the scripture numerous times. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, but of love and of a sound mind. Our cares of this world, the cares of all the stuff going around, it's going to sap your spiritual strength. It's going to drain your mind. It's going to drain you of your faith and your hope. Hallelujah. The cares that we all experience are often caused by uh, uh, idolizing money or, or even things of the world, the pleasures of the world. Mark 4.19, it says, And the cares of this world does the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word. And becomes, and it becomes unfruitful. Luke 8, 14. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares, with the riches, and the pleasures of life. And this brings no fruit to maturity. Our cares can literally distract us even from the return of Christ Jesus. Don't miss it. Luke 21. There's verse 34, it says, But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, with drunkenness, with the cares of this life, and that day come upon you unexpectedly. You see, 
Don't get distracted by the plan, the tricks of the enemy. Stay focused on the word. Paul, he calls us to live with a carefree mind. In other words, be anxious for nothing. Live carefree. How can we be anxious for nothing? Well, today I'm going to give you three quick points of how to remain anxious for nothing. Number one, the very first thing we need to do is trust God instead of trembling. Trust instead of trembling. Psalm 62, 8. It says, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Let me tell you a few things here. Anxiety. We hear that word being thrown around quite a bit now. But anxiety prevents achievement. Consider the potential of a mind that is set free from fear. Someone that says, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. Think of the inventions and the accomplishments of those with focused thinking. How many times did Thomas Edison fail before uh, uh, he, he struck that electric cord? Uh, uh, how many times did these inventors fail before they have these great inventions? The light bulb, uh, all the other things. Faith and fear. We know that they are opposite of each other. We also know that they still have the same definition. Believing that what you cannot see will happen. Faith brings dread, but faith brings hope. Faith brings salvation, security, and peace. A peaceful mind is a powerful mind. How many have the peace of God in the midst of trial? Sometimes you need to put your heels in the sand and dig deep and hold on to the word. And that's the only peace you'll have. Faith drives away fear. Faith puts everything within our reach. Mark 9, 23, it says, If you can believe... All things are possible to him who believes. We know that Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Let me read you this quote by a guy named Raymond Edmund. V. Raymond Edmund. It says, Faith is dead to doubt. Faith is dead to dumb discouragement. Faith is blind to to impossibilities. Faith knows nothing but success. I love that. Praise God. The second point, we must forgive instead of fume. Let me read some verses here for you. Ephesians 4, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another be tender-hearted forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you how do we handle bitterness and anger and clamor and wrath and malice all of these hindrances they must be put away from you put off the old and put on the new. Let me just take one of these. This is a big button, a hot button topic. Anger. Anger is a roadblock to accomplishment. Anger 
Hallelujah is a roadblock, a preventative measure to success and freedom and liberty in the things of God. Anger is an emotion. There's no question about it. It's not a sin to be angry, but the word of God says, be angry, but do not sin. It's what happens is when we get angry and we lose our self-control, which by the way, is a fruit of the spirit. When we lose our self-control, we start to do things and act impulsively without thinking of the consequence. The Bible says you are a new creation in Jesus Christ. Consider what anger did to Cain and Abel. Genesis 4, 5. It says, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry. When, when it says he did not respect Cain, that was God. God did not respect Cain's offering, just so that you could be clear. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell and if you know the word of God you know that that he became jealous of his little brother and in a moment of anger and rage and wrath he went and slew his brother anger robs us of the power to bless others anger stifles Christian fellowship and faithful service so then what is the antidote number one be kind to one another Number two, forgive one another. We see that when Paul and Silas were kind and gentle, they were able to win over the jailer. We see that when people walk in the spirit of Christ with fruits of love and gentleness and peace, they're able to uh, be more uh, uh, transparent with others. Forgiveness opens up the conduit of power. Jesus said from the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. When we don't want to forgive, when we walk in unforgiveness, we are literally trying to make ourselves bigger than God. And remember, hallelujah, that the word of God says that there would be no unforgiveness in heaven. If you retain the sins, the sins are retained. Psalm 103.12, it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Remember the uh, commercials. Motel 6, it says, we'll leave the light on for you. I read a funny post. It said, we'll leave the light on for you because the neighborhood you're in is a real sketchy place. Hallelujah. <laughs> Most of the Motel 6s are in sketchy neighborhoods, right? But, but think of it this way. They leave the light on for you so that you could find your way to the hotel even in the midst of a blackout. God's light of forgiveness is always on and he's welcoming sinners to come home to repent to believe and to trust in the Lord Jesus to receive his forgiveness and his mercy because we have been forgiven much people of God we too need to be able to learn how to forgive one another thank God that that we are like pencils right a pencil has an eraser because we all make mistakes otherwise there wouldn't be an eraser with a, a, on top of a pencil if you think of a chalkboard and a blackboard with a chalk in school, the same way an eraser could just erase all that chalk off the board is the same way that God erases and remembers your sin no more. And if God could do that with us, then we too need to be able to walk in love, walk in forgiveness, and forgive one another. There is no unforgiveness in heaven. The last point that I want to make this morning is we must release instead of retain. 
We know the verse in Scripture, John 20, verses 22 through 23. And Jesus looked at his disciples. He breathed on them and he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. But if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Saints of God, we need the Holy Spirit. We cannot forgive apart from the Spirit of God. We could think that we will forgive. But the reality is we will remember and we will be continually hurt. You need to be filled with the Spirit of God in order to forgive anyone. Because then you're truly dependent on God's power, on His Spirit. And you say, you know what? I'm not going to carry that baggage. I'm going to let it go. I don't want to walk anymore with this bitterness in my heart. We can't forgive without the Holy Spirit. But I tell you the truth, when you forgive the person who has offended you, not only are they forgiven, but you too are forgiven. Not only are they released, but you too are released and are set free. If Jesus Christ didn't say from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, the whole entire plan of God would have been null and void and of no effect. It's because he said, Father, forgive them. That we now have hope. When you retain the sin, not only are you retaining it, but the other person is, the sin is being retained. I tell you the truth this morning, let it go. We sang a song earlier, cast all of your cares upon the Lord. First Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Psalm 55, 22 Cast all your burdens on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. If you are broke this morning, if you are suffering, if you have cares that seem to be piled up, the Lord says, cast your cares upon me. When you cast your cares upon the Lord, you are set free from all of those cares. Hallelujah. Holding on to your cares makes you weak and weary. Releasing them to Christ will free you. We sang the song, if the Son has set you free, then you are truly free indeed. Hallelujah. It's wonderful to live free. I don't care what goes on. I don't care what comes in my mailbox that try to scare me and threaten me and try to remove the rug under my feet. I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I shall not be moved. What can separate me from the love of God? Nothing. Not death. Not the plague. Not the pestilence. Not famine. Not fear. Not the loss of a job. Not an empty bank account. Nothing. Nothing shall remove my joy. Nothing shall separate me. From the love of God. Father. It's wonderful to have the option of releasing your cares onto the Lord. Take all your bills. Put them in a pile. Step right on top of them. Hallelujah. Jump on top of them and say, get under my feet in the name of Jesus. The cross itself is proof of God's caring and unyielding love. How many know the story of a pilgrim's progress? It's a very uh, uh, important story. Many uh, colleges and biblical seminaries, it's like required reading. But the Pilgrim's Progress is about a man who carried the loads of his sins on his back. And year after year, they just got bigger and bigger. And he was weighed down. And the whole story is about him trying to carry the load. And it was until he let go of that load that he was truly free. 
Don't let your sins weigh you down. Don't let the things that are outside weigh you down. Know who's working on the inside. But I'm going to tell you the truth. While we can cast our cares upon the Lord, the reality is certain. In order for you to cast your cares upon the Lord, you must have relationship with the Lord. Many people want Jesus Christ, but they don't want the relationship. Many people want heaven, but they don't want to count the cost. Many people want Christianity, but they don't want the church. They say, I love you, Jesus, but I can't stand those people in the church. You know how I feel about that, right? The church is the bride of Christ. If you say, I love you, Pastor Albert, but your wife, she gets on my nerves. I can't stand your wife. (laughs) Then the truth of the matter is then you really don't love me. If you don't love my wife, she's part of me. She's rib, my cotilla, my pork chop. Hallelujah. (laughs) Word. If you don't love my wife, you really don't love me. If you want to have a relationship with me, it's a package deal. My wife is part of the package. And if we want relationship with God, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And that's what the world is telling us. Stay apart. Stay six feet apart. Stay six. I heard something about the 5G networks. And the reason that, that they want us to stay apart is so that we could be tracked globally from a satellite. Because when we're so close together, they can't recognize who's who. But if we're at least six feet apart, they could track you everywhere you go. I'm telling you, we're being deceived. Wake up, church. There's so many menu-driven Christians out there. I want it my way. Religion, devoid of relationship, is like a pacifier that a baby works so hard to suck on, but there's no nutrition coming out of it. So many thumb-sucking, pacifier-sucking Christians out there that are actually starving themselves to death because they don't make any uh, mention of relationship with Jesus Christ and they remain infants. Saints of God, we need to maintain what we obtain. It's easier to obtain than it is to maintain. But once you obtained the salvation, once you obtain forgiveness, you got to work at your salvation. Like my wife said earlier, with fear and with trembling, fear the Lord and him only shall you fear. I'm going to go through a conclusion. We read earlier where Paul says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. I just want to break this down very quickly. The first point, prayer and supplication. If you don't have a lifestyle of prayer, then you're going to have a lifestyle of worry. You're going to have a lifestyle of fear. You're going to have a lifestyle of anxiety, a lifestyle of dread. It's just that simple. You have to believe that God hears the prayers of his children. Are you a child of God? Are you a believer? Are you a joint heir with Jesus Christ? If so, then you have to know that God is hearing your prayers. Psalm. 116.2, because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. 
How many know that God hearkens his ear to your prayers? The Bible says in James 5.16 that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. 1 Peter 3.12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. Huh, but listen. But the face of the Lord is against those that do evil. What does that mean? That simply means if you are a sinner, a child of disobedience, a lawless one, a transgressor, a heathen, that means that God is not hearing your prayers. I've said this many times, Proverbs 28, 9, uh, 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 one who turns a deaf ear to the Lord's law, even his prayers an abomination. But I got some other ones for you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. John 9, 31. You need to write these down. When people start telling you, I'm praying for you. Here's my emoji prayer hands. <laughs> praying. John 9, 31. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Micah 3, 4. Then they will cry to the Lord, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at that time because they have been evil in their deeds. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Whew. Hallelujah. If you're a child of God, there's so much to be thankful for. There's so much to be grateful for because while everybody is going a little, where everybody's going crazy out there, you have the peace of God, the provision of God. We have reason to be thankful. My wife and I, we sleep like babies every night. Hallelujah. We don't lose sleep over the nonsense out there. Glory to God. We need to remain with an attitude of gratitude. We need to come into the courts of the living God, no matter what's going on outside, with the joy of the Lord. Come with rejoicing, with gladness, knowing that all your problems can be managed and solved with the Lord. Leave negativity at the door. The Bible says God does not inhabit the gripes, complaints, and criticisms, and murmuring, and backbiting of the people, but he inhabits what? The praises of his people. Hallelujah. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. How many know that peace comes through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone? It doesn't come in a stipend check, in a stimulus check. Peace doesn't come from your job, from your boss. It doesn't even come from your children. Or your husband or your wife. True peace comes from Jesus. 1 Corinthians 14.33 For God is not the author of confusion but of peace. As in all the churches of the saints. 
Peace is knowing that God's love for us is so great that he was willing to become one of us and die for us. It's knowing that there are no challenges in this life that can take away the incredible love and peace of God from us. We know that Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead so we could enjoy victory over death too. And not even death can end our peace. John 14, 27 Hallelujah. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be afraid. Let me give you a fact. It is impossible to have true peace if we continue to willfully sin against God. Sin makes it impossible to have peace. The Bible says, and Brother Allen read it earlier, to be carnal, in Romans 8, 6, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So I, I end with this. Saints of God, allow your hearts and your minds to be guarded with the Spirit of the Lord and the Word of God. Don't be driven by fear or deception or by the agendas of man. God is shaking that which can be shaken, and, and that which will remain will remain. Those that abide in Him are able to renew their mind. There's not going to be any more stinking thinking. Those that abide in Him will know that they are children of the Most High God, and they will know who they are in Jesus Christ. And they will have a sound mind. And they will be grounded on the word of God. Romans 8, 5 and 6. It says that we're supposed to, it says, For those that live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We need to trust God. We need to forgive one another and walk in forgiveness. Never hold on to the offenses. And lastly, release. Release people from their sin. Release yourself from your own sins. Turn on the power of God through the Spirit of the Lord and have a carefree mind and a carefree spirit so that all the stuff that's going on out there will not affect you but will give you strength and focus in Jesus Christ. Cast all your cares upon Him. Glory to God. I end with this last scripture. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love will be with you. I, I give you that word today. Hallelujah. God bless you, saints of the Most High God. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133 We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.